Welcome to Public Power Underground Live, our first live show in season three premiere. Public Power Underground is Northwest Public Power's premier infotainment program where we cover public power and public power adjacent news from a power department's perspective. We took the summer off to transition back to the office. Now we're back for another attempt at interesting, entertaining, informative public power content. To commemorate the new season, we have a brand new third season theme song inspired by Woody Guthrie's role on Columbia, but written, rewritten, re-recorded for electric utility enthusiasts by the underground's own Aaron Guillory and Ian Bledsoe. We started in hard times to bring us all in into the laughter through thick and through thin for public power enthusiasts without and within roll on enthusiasts roll on roll on enthusiasts roll on roll on enthusiasts roll on we're likely recruiting you to come and join on Roll I'm Paul Dockery, the manager of the power department for Klatskanai People's Utility District and the creator, co-host, and protagonist of Public Power Underground. I'm masked up, vaxxed up, tested, and on location, broadcasting live from Northwest Public Power Association's annual conference reception. Joining me remotely, also live, so that we can learn together apart, is a public power celebrity who needs no introduction a power department of one for PUD number two of Pacific County, an enthusiastic public power advocate and best friend of the underground, Humira Falkenberg. Welcome back, Humira. Oh, Paul, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here this evening with you on Public Power Underground, live from Kennewick at the NWPPA annual conference of resilience and reunion. What a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Paul. I'm so excited that we can make this work, Humira. We made it work. We're resilient. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, Joining uh, Humira and I through the magic of video conferencing is the Jamie Tart of public power, unrivaled in her wit, wisdom, and knowledge of pop culture the Director of Member Engagement for Public Power Council. Wait, I have a note here that I'm supposed to check the title. Sorry, Scott, if I got that wrong, why don't you send me a note? Make sure I get that right next time. But I thought like Director of Member Engagement, right? I think that's the right one. Anyway, the editor at large of the Public Power Underground who is accepting the mantle of super producer for today's live broadcast, Karen Heim. Give yourself some applause, Karen. Do you have some applause? I think I have some applause. Let me see if I can get it going. You're gonna really put me on the spot here. Thank you, thank you. Paul, oh, oh, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I, this is my first time dual monitor setup. You've upped my computer game. I'm never going back. Sorry, everyone in the office. I've got two now. Yeah, and I hope you have a, re a really nice mic for since we're in the pandemic too. Maybe maybe we need to upgrade your mic. Yeah, put it in that note to Scott that you're going to send him. That sounds like new a new mic plan. for Karen. <laughs> I'm loving I'm loving this note to Mike or note to Scott that I'm working on. It's going to be yes. really good. Yeah, I'll um, keep I'm, going. I'm, I'm also wondering like Jamie Tart season two. Jamie Tart, right? Yeah. Let's let's be clear about when this takes place. It's going to like come back, realize, you know, all the things that can be better. And then here I am, season two, Jamie Tart, ready to, ready to be a team player. 
and and we need to we need to make sure everybody realizes there's going to be so many spoilers. So if you have not seen Ted Lasso, you need I'm to just stop now. Just stop now. Go watch it. A new episode starts at nine o'clock tonight on the Pacific. We're going to be done by nine o'clock, guaranteed. We're done by nine o'clock for the You'll new episode, time. right, everyone? Okay. Well, uh, the theme of this year's annual conference is resiliency and reunion. We take resiliency very serious on the underground and also entertainment, definitely creativity and innovation, but most importantly, community. So at the reunion of and the reunion of Northwest Public Power is something to celebrate and we're here celebrating it with a band that's right there. Can you hear the band? You can like hear the band. Time. It's great. Yeah. The pandemic and its associated physical distancing policies broke apart some of those venues for interorganizational subculture. It wasn't into a sliver of the pandemic created void that the underground sprouted last year. Now that we're all trying to find some sustainable way uh, to talk louder than the music in the background and also trying to get together, we're approaching this live on location broadcast with the hope of trying to find some creative, resilient and safe approach to participate in this reunion of our public power community and also bring it to all of you across the region who are, uh, weren't able to attend for various reasons, including the risks of an ongoing pandemic, the diverse uh, public health policy uh, across the region or just because you aren't able to in, in normal times come to the annual conference. So we're here for you. And we're gonna try to do it in 45 minutes. 45 minutes so oh, today's live broadcast going. we're going to put the attendees on a hot seat we have a hot seat specifically for attendees to tell us what their thoughts were on the two days of the meeting you got anything to add to myra no i'm really excited to see the lineup of guests that you have queued up at uh the NWPPA annual conference you know it really truly is about resilience and reunion and, you know, public power has a long legacy of resilience, mutual aid, helping other communities in times of need, reunion. It's all about building community and relationships. You know, Scott Corwin is all about membership. Uh, so I'm really excited about the lineup, Paul. I am, I am too. And we got we to gotta thank Brenda Dunn. She's been here looping people in, trying to get me uh, a good lineup. So we're... We're relying on the talents of uh, talented people, which is the way to do it, right? That's the way to do it. Find Brenda great people Dunn, yes. loop them in. That's the spirit of Public Power Underground. We gotta loop some people in and also be quick about it. So when we get somebody in the hot seat, Karen, you're gonna put a timer on, right? We're gonna- I got a timer. When I share my screen, you're gonna see it. You have some alarms when we can like- I have some glare alarms. At them. What are we thinking? Glare at them. You gotta- we've got, we've got more like just a bell. We've got, let's see, what else do I have? I'm <laughs> looking at my list of what we have. I know we have one more. Uh, sorry. Oh, here we go. I got this one for you, Paul. No, no, no. Not, not inside. That's a Nate, Nate the Great Whistle. That's a That's Nate the Great, great whistle. whistle. I love it. Let's use that. Let's use, Actually, okay. I will. I, I like the whistle. whistle. Let's tune it. Let's tune it for the personality. I think you know the personalities well enough. Maybe somebody gets the Nate the Great Whistle. Oh, I Somebody like that. Somebody gets I a, like you know, a bell a day. As a producer, I, uh, I appreciate that and like that decision. Okay. So, uh, but in the spirit of Public Power Underground, we're going to our first, uh, our first segment of all of our Public Power Underground, Aaron Reports. So, um, 
you're gonna have to do it, Karen. You're gonna have to yeah. take this away. You can go I'm for it. Okay. Let's see. Well, this is Aaron Reports. Wait, no, this is Karen Reports. Here we go. It's Aaron Reports with Karen Reporting. And we're here to make sure you know everything that happened at the NWPP NWPPA conference over the last two days. I'm Karen Heim, and I've got your agenda rundown. So Tuesday started off with some golfing, and some people were in classes. <clears throat> we're taking recommendations on what we people think we should do next time. Really, if anyone needs someone to up their handicap for their team, let me know. So Wednesday kicked off with breakfast and an opening session with NWPPA President Michelle Bertolino, Congressman Dan Newhouse, and Rick Dunn of this area's own Benton PUD. Switching directions, the conference moved to new directions in solar and battery storage discussion with Clint Whitney of neighboring Richland Energy Services and Larry Jorgensen from Homer Electric Association. Over the lunch hour, attendees were treated to a discussion between Joy Ditto, President and CEO of APPA, Ryan Sarodi of McGuire Whitney, and I'm really curious what they serve for lunch and if anyone got dessert. I always get dessert. After lunch, it was back-to-back -back presentations. First up was power planning in the West with Ed Mount, Randy Howard, and Greg Lambert. Next was uh, choose your next power supplier with Gary Sayelba, uh, Saliba, pardon me, of EES Consulting. And the business part of the afternoon closed with opportunities and challenges of hydropower with Gary Ivory and friend of the under underground, Kurt Miller. Way to pick the best spot in the agenda, Kurt. Uh, Thursday morning presentation were kicked off by Wally Haas, the general manager of Navajo Tribal Utility Authority, who was uh, followed by the future of nuclear talk with Greg Cullen from Energy Northwest and season two of Public Power Underground guests. Uh, and Doug Hunter from UAMS. Word habit has it that Mark Gendron has also been seen wandering around the conference. Uh, a session on partnerships for funding for the critical, uh, the next critical technologies with Deborah Smith of Seattle City Life, Carl Imhoff of the Pacific Northwest National Laboratories, and John Harlow from Columbus County PUD closed out the morning. Guests were disappointed, I presume, at the awards luncheon that the most coveted award in public power, the unanimous championship belt, was not pre presented. Maybe next year, Corwin. After lunch, my former boss, celebrity guest for Public Power Underground After Dark Seasonal Time Change episode, and current NWPPA Executive Director, Scott Corwin moderated a CEO panel with Michelle Reimers of Turlock Irrigation District, John Harlow from Snohomish County PUD, Jim Webb from Lower Valley, and Debbie Wilson from Lane Electric Cooperative. Rounding out Thursday speakers was adventurer, author, or leader, uh, and speaker Allison Levine for her talk on the art of high-impact leadership. The Underground was not able to book her for our, our happy hour, so I guess we'll just have to buy that book. And here we are on Thursday night for really the highlight of the whole conference, am I right? Uh, the president's reception to honor past presidents Ron Holm and Brad Janorski. Uh, some of you will stick around for the NWPPA board meeting on Friday morning, but for those of you that need to head home, uh, stay safe, be well, wear your mask. That's all I've got. Back to you, Paul. Thank you, Karen. And I do see the Anadromous Championship belt in the background. Congratulations, our newest Anadromous champion for Thank all you. the time she's returned. The counts are coming. Congratulations, you're now in the circle. It's like a circle, a championship circle for the Anadromous Championship belt. I'm happy to be here. And I can verify it was not at, the, at that luncheon. It was, it's on the shelf, I'm very proud of it. We do have the mini version here for the people to, to like wish they had the belt, Karen. That's good, that's good. Aaron Reports was presented by Plug Pass. Do you work for an electric utility? Are you enthusiastic about buying and selling electric power? Would you like to sell more electric power and make more money for your utility? Boy, do we have a program for you. Pl Plug Pass is Class Connect PUD's innovative electric vehicle public charging program. Deploy it at your utility to provide low-cost options for your customers to access the charging they need at the speed they need it. With charging speed fees, you can send price signals and recover costs. 
With subscription charging options and major employers, you can provide value-added services to your customers, both big and small, without burdening the rest of your customers with high-cost charging infrastructure. Want to learn more? We'd love to tell you more. I'd love to spend a podcast talking about it. I, I probably talk about it too much. Find the program at GitHub. Call your friends at Classkin IP or find me anytime. Plug Pass. It's open source. Plug Pass. It's just an outlet. Okay, and as we get our special guest sat down and plugged in, we're going to get you up to speed on some public power or public power adjacent uh, news that we've missed during our three-month break from the podcast. Myra, what's been happening? I'm going to interject well, here. I mean, we have our first special guest. We have our well, first special guest. So quick. You got to push the button. Push the button on the front. And you're invited. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, hey, Paul. We're live. Good to be here. Thanks. Welcome to Public Power Underground. <laughs> you're not very underground out here. It's a, this is kind of a busy causeway, but I'm glad I'm glad you came above ground today. So I'm I'm glad to be here. The sun is shining on me. I'm outside yeah. of the hobble hole. It's like our own spotlight here, and it's I I think I'm getting some glare. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we're here. We're trying to get debriefed. Jumeirah, what do you got for him? Well. Scott Corwin, what an absolute pleasure to see you this evening at the reception of NWPPA's annual conference in Kennewick uh, with a the theme of resilience and reunion. You are a conveyor and a holder of community and membership. Scott, tell us what your experience as the executive director of NWPPA has been hosting the conference. Well, thanks, Shamara. Um, you know, it has been a wonderful experience. It's exhausting as the executive director, a lot of parts and pieces, but I have an excellent staff that NWPPA has for its members and they're pulling it off here. So it's been fun. A lot of great presentations so far. Yeah, and have you been able to see a lot of the membership present and commissioners and staff and general managers? What's the general vibe there, Scott? Yeah, it's a good vibe. You know, we're 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 trying to be uh, trying to be careful uh, in the current uh, situation, and uh, you know, folks, when you're uh, mask requirement, of course, when you're sipping or imbibing, uh, eating, you're not wearing the mask, and there, you know, there is there has been known to be food at our meetings. Uh, but it's a good, it's a good vibe. We had a lot of actually uh, a lot of folks in, and um, uh, the uh, you know the presentation, especially out of the public power uh, uh, experts themselves, are just uh, excellent. So, yeah, are there particular highlights that you want to share from the presentation? Uh, well, you know, there as uh, as the executive director there. It, that's like choosing between your children. You know, you don't, you do that at your own risk. Um, but I would say uh, that we really do, you know, we have some stars and all you have to do is call them and they show up and they're instant experts in any number of areas. And it's people like Rick Dunn from Benton, Clint Whitney at Richland, uh, you know, Randy Howard at NCPA, Gary Ivory at Douglas, Greg Cullen, Energy Northwest, John Harlow at Snowpud was on a two panels. Doug Hunter, UAMPS, the other CEO panel John was on. We had Michelle Reimers out of Turlock Irrigation District and Debbie Wilson, Lane Electric, and uh, Jim Webb out of Lower Valley. So that's a Dynamo CEO panel right there. 
Yeah, you really lined up a stellar uh, cast of characters for the annual meeting, Scott. Very, very impressive. Were there any challenges, Scott, that you and your staff had to face on site with managing uh, so many people and the restrictions related to uh, hosting in a conference center during the pandemic? Um, you want to share any any thoughts on that? Uh, well, there's always challenges, and you know, on that, I think they've done a, a good job here. There's a lot of sp uh, space to move out and socially distance, and uh, they, uh, having said that, for any conference, the logistical challenge, if it's going to go wrong, you know, it'll find a way to do it, especially in, as you all know, in the AV realm, and even these masks, you know, I, I, although I, I said earlier at, a, at one of our sessions, my kids told me I look better in a mask and I, but they're teenagers you expect that out of them and I'll, I'll take that you know I'm leaving the mask on I think I think I look better with it on than off so yeah yeah yeah, yeah don't I think, think go ahead what were you gonna uh, say no no go for it uh, no I, I think you're really demonstrating resilience and uh, your staff and all the participants are working to create that membership community experience um, the, certainly the vibe that Paul shared earlier and what you've shared, uh, I wish I could be there in person, Scott. Yeah, yeah. I miss you, Mar miss Karen, of course. Fun. Yeah, I can't wait till it's a little, you know, safer out and about. I want to see the little one, so. Oh, yeah, she's not so little anymore, so, yeah. So, hopefully we get back yeah. and we can all get back together. I know, those darn... They just keep growing. Mine, mine's old enough now that she's been in uh, two car wrecks in the last uh, two months. So that's, you know, that's something to look forward to for you, Karen. Yeah, it is. And uh, I mean, hopefully she's got a little bit of time before we get there, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, one of the questions at the CEO Council at the end was like, what gives you hope about public power and the future of public power? What, you, you didn't get to answer the question. You got to ask all the questions at the CEO panel. Can you give us what gives you hope um, and, and looking forward and trying to be resilient, re reunite? Where you at? Yeah, I think uh, just the creativity uh, in the room, you know, on, on uh, some of these questions that they answered, uh, the the session on PNNL, uh, and that was. Uh, we were missing uh, Deb Smith, who actually came up with that idea, uh, Deborah Smith at Seattle, which is a great idea. How can you partner on these new critical technologies uh, with the labs? It's that really forward-looking piece out of uh, public power and coming up with creative solutions that makes me optimistic. And you hear that on every panel we had. So. Yeah, the creativity and innovation, really important in public power. We value it, I think, in public power. And looking forward to talking to some more people tonight. Anything you want to leave us with? Uh, I just uh, thank you for being here, uh, Paul, and uh, keep up the great work. I, I think you'll get a lot of interest in uh, We actually, uh, one of, uh, I think you probably heard Michelle Reimers talk about on that panel that they're doing a podcast. So I think it's catching. You're catching fire here. So thank you for being here. Humaira and Karen, we miss you, but we'll link up soon, I hope. Hope so. Thanks, Scott. Okay. Yep. Take care. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you very much, Scott. You We're going to go to another Scott. And, and while they're transitioning, Humaira, you got some news for us? 
I have you. I have you. There's a rookie error. I saw it and started to say something. So while the underground was taking a break, uh, BPA was in a rate case with a settlement, no less. Uh, did you know that BPA finalized a record of decision on July 28th to decrease power rates by an average of 2.5%? and to cut the increase in average transmission rates by 11% in their initial proposal to 6.1% annually. But I would add a caveat, not all customers were impacted the same. And of course, as part of that record of decision, there has to be an update to Bonneville's financial plan. BPA also agreed to conduct workshops uh, focusing on issues related to borrowing authority, financial health, long-term debt management, as well as financial matters. So three additional public workshops for financial plan are refreshed and already on Bonneville's calendar. First of which is coming up next week, I believe on February 15th. And for those of you that are going to tune in, it's from 1 to 5 p.m. And lastly, while the decision to join the EIM is being discussed, language was incorporated into the tariff that would allow Bonneville to be part of the EIM has been in fact adopted. Um, you can read an excellent article summarizing the finalized rates titled BPA lowers the average power costs, cuts proposed transmission rate increase, in Clearing Up's website on their 2018 editions uh, published on August 20th. Uh, special shout out to Rick Ader for writing the Clearing Up article and Klatskanai's own PUD new data specialist, Luji Jeline, for providing the summary. Thank you so much for doing yeah, that. I'm really excited about Luji learning how to write. She's the writer in training for Public Power Underground and also does all the data stuff. You know, we have to be multifaceted in public power. And a multifaceted person in public power is here to talk with us. Are you ready to talk with us? Welcome to Public Power Underground, Scott. Scott Peters. Hi, I am ready. Hi, Humira. But you didn't tell me I had to follow Scott Corwin. That isn't fair. We decided to keep it simple for the live broadcast. We just do just like one or two names. So the okay. two Scots, like, that's how you got on. I'm sorry. Right. That's how we remember obvious. everyone. It's just how it is. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh. Okay, so we have Humira and Karen here to from across the region. There are lots of people who haven't been able to attend this conference in person, and we want to stay connected to them. That's what we're okay. trying to do today. So, Karen, what do you kind of, or Karen, Humira, what kind of questions do you have for us? <laughs> well, first, I want to welcome Scott Peters. Scott, I am just absolutely stoked to see you. Um, you know, in in thinking about individuals, it was like Scott Peters. He's so knowledgeable and happy and full of joy. We need to have you on the Public Power Underground after dark. Um, and by the way, we're putting you on a clock for those of us who couldn't participate in this year's annual conference. What are your biggest takeaways from- I, I attended all of the sessions and I will tell you it is wonderful to see our, our friends and our co-workers again and you don't need to see their smile behind their mask 
and you can see the smile in their eyes when we're back together and that's how relationships are built and maintained so that, that's the first big takeaway for me is it's great to be back with my peers because this was the first time in over a year and a half that you were able to see many of your colleagues, right, Scott? Yes, yes, Reunion on the Reach, right? Well, that was something like that was the title. Yeah. Um, and and it, it just really was fantastic. And, and we acknowledge the challenges we have in front of us and the issues that we're working on. And we heard from a lot of really smart people with great ideas about what we can do to prepare and to meet these challenges head on as we go forward. Wow, Scott, sounds like it was not only reunion, but also resilience that you were experiencing at the conference, huh? Isn't that amazing how that works out? <laughs> I think you really <laughs> nailed that one. I was a bullseye. Karen, do we, do we have a bullseye? I don't have a bullseye. Do we, have, do we have Ted Lasso saying barbecue sauce before he hits a bullseye? I do have Ted Lasso saying barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> well so, so Scott, I one of the things at the end of the day, I only attended today, and you know, they asked at the end of the CEO panel, you know, what gives you hope about public power for the future? And I think that's one of my questions I'd love to pose to you. Like, what gives you hope in this industry and and what moves us forward in the future? I'll tell you what gives me hope is, um, and other CEOs talked about it, but our employees, they care. They're not chasing the almighty dollar. They're in it to serve our members and our customers, and they like doing the right thing. And, and that's, you know, I tell my people all the time, if you're doing the right thing for the right reason, I'm never going to call you out, and, and I'm always going to support you. And that's what public power likes to do. The right thing for the right reason. And our people give me hope. I mean, obviously, that's a great answer. That's another bullseye. Can we do it again, Karen? Can we do the barbecue sauce again? Barbecue sauce. You do watch Ted Lasso, right, Scott? I watch Ted Lasso, yes. Yep. It's a great show. My kids are watching at home, and right now, I guarantee my oldest son, Tobe, is going like, Dad's talking about Ted Lasso again. That's your favorite dinner table conversation? It, it's, uh, every time I talk to any adult, it's always about Ted Lasso, it seems like. <laughs> and this is no different. Uh, I got Karen and Meyer here as well. There we go. So, uh, annual conference, we got a happy hour tonight. Are you staking around for tomorrow? There, uh, no, tomorrow is just the board meeting. So it is done for me tonight. I'm going to pick up my son who's following me in a public power career tomorrow and give him a ride home. So That, that is awesome. Uh, it has been great to have you. I do hope you'll come back and we can talk about a really geeky topic on public power underground sometime. We, I, we are, it's the art of geeky topics, isn't it, Karen and Yumaira? Absolutely. And you know, now Scott is an honorary friend of the underground. So you can expect emails from us and hopefully you're going to come back and join us. Do I get a pin like the more powerful together pin that says friend of the underground? Oh, Paul, we got to get pins. You know, we need to work on some merch. Maybe we need some merch. Oh, logo apparel. <laughs> All about the logo. This All has right. been great. Thank you, Scott, for stopping by. Oh, Myra, Karen, thank you. Let's do some news.
news, Umaira. What's up next? Hey, thanks, Paul. Um, so as many of you uh, experienced in late June, the Pacific Northwest actually suffered a record-breaking heat dome event that saw temperatures in Portland set at 116 degrees on the 29th of June and 108 degrees on June 28th in Seattle. Now, that being said, we at the coast were agnostic to the heat events. I had to add that in, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the balance in regional power supply held actually during the heat wave, while some utilities experienced distribution level disruptions as preventative outages were taken to prevent longer duration outages from happening as a result of the catastrophic unplanned outages on the distribution equipment. Um, I should also mention that, you know, during that event in Portland, the city car, the street, like the street car, the cables were melting. So they had to actually um, cut service on the street car. And this heat wave was reportedly caused by a highly amplified jet stream pattern called a wavy jet stream. According to an article published in CBS News, the event in the Pacific Northwest was a textbook example of a block called an omega block because it looks like the Greek letter omega. Uh, the summer's highest prices didn't occur actually during the heat wave as the event was situated over the Northwest and didn't impact the desert Southwest and California. So it wasn't a coincidental heat wave across the Pacific Northwest and the desert Southwest or California. The late July cross Western heat event and even heat earlier this week in California and the desert Southwest actually caused the power prices in the Northwest to spike to over $350 a megawatt hour. Um, so that's the news from here, Paul. I see Thank that. Thank you, Humira. Great segue. We're talking about power markets in the Northwest, a major event in, in June. And here we're going to have another awesome guest, Michelle. Welcome to Public Power Underground. Thank you very much. Do you have any context for what Public Power Underground is? Well, Brenda just gave me a 10 second briefing. So <laughs> that's exactly right. That's the exact kind of energy we're hoping for at the underground, completely unsuspecting guests. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. right on the nose. So, we're joined by Humira Falkenberg, Pacific County PUD's power manager, and Karen Heim, who I'm advocating be the director of member services for PPC, um, but works for PPC. We're, we do this uh, frequently, and we're here to try to keep our community connected during a pandemic in circumstances where we can't all get together in person. So welcome, hope you enjoy it. Thank you, thank you so much. And Karen's, or Humira's gonna take it away with a question for you, ready? Okay. Yeah, so I wanna make sure I have the right Michelle because of the mask. So is this oh, yeah. Michelle uh, Reimers from Turlock? No, this is not. This is Michelle Bertolino from Roseville. Oh, Michelle. <laughs> well, welcome, Michelle. Because you know what? Both of you have blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> and her, hair, her hair is much longer and she's much younger. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't I cannot see the face, Michelle. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Michelle. Thank, you. Thank you. Oh, there I am right there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, Michelle, um, how was your experience at the first uh, at the annual conference in Kennewick? Um, what were some of your takeaways 
from being a, a, a speaker at the conference? Well, I think it's been a great conference, and as always is, I've been I've been part of NWPPA for probably close to ten years, and it was great to see everybody in person and um, to at least see half of our faces, right? Although I think we did cheat a little bit and take our mask down for a little bit while we ate, maybe. Um, so takeaways for me is it just reminded me of how much in common we have. You know, I'm from California, so is the other Michelle. Um, I have to tell you, though, let me just give you a little fact that of all the public power utilities in California, there are only two that are headed up by female general managers, and we're both named Michelle. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so what, what, what strikes me today about what I heard is how much we all have in common, even though we have a lot of differences. Coming from California, there's quite a bit, not here necessarily, but there's quite a bit of anti-California sentiment for lots of different reasons. And uh, what I was just reminded of today is that we have so much more in common than we do differences. And within NWPPA, we all get to those things we have in common very quickly, and we bond very quickly, and we learn to work together very quickly, and we learn so much from each other. So that's kind of my takeaways for today. So learning together with your other uh, public power utilities and building community, um, and really feeling the fellowship with uh, the other utilities. Did I, would that be fair, Michelle? Yes, yes, it is. I mean, we all here have very similar missions and business models. You know, we're here to provide reliable, safe, reliable, affordable electricity to our communities. We've all decided to, to be in public service. So we've dedicated at least part of our careers, if not all of our careers, to public service. And that's very important to us. Wonderful, wonderful. So I forgot to say, I'm going to put you on a clock, a two minute clock. <laughs> Should I restart oh, the clock, Umaira, Or Yeah, let's start the clock. <laughs> let's, let's do, I, I like this optimistic question that Scott ended the CEO comp panel on. Um, and it's about the hopefulness uh, that, that the people find in, in public power. And we're going to do a clock. You're going to have two minutes. Can you give us a two-minute pitch on what you find hopeful about public power and why you think people should be excited about careers in public power? So I know for a fact that the people I work with in my utility as well as here at NWPPA, we really love our jobs. We get into this business sometimes by mistake. I got into this business by mistake. I kind of fell into it and I have gotten, I've been so rewarded and it's mostly about the people I meet and the things I get to do and the, um, how much we provide to our communities. We actually improve the quality of life of our communities every single day, every hour, every minute, um, maybe with a few exceptions when the power might be off for reasons that are beyond our control. But it's so, it's so um, rewarding for us. We don't make as much as folks that are in the private sector for the utility industry, but it's so rewarding for us to know that we are there improving the quality of life of our communities. And, and every year, every decade, I think we get better and better at it. And I hate this mask falling down. Um, but that's the thing for me that is, is, gives me hope and is so hopeful and and my team that I work with, people here, I really get energized by how excited we are uh, about our mission and what we do. So I probably did that in under two minutes. Oh, I got 45 seconds left. Okay. So. <laughs> no, that was exactly the right amount of time, wasn't okay. it, Karen? We got a ding. We got a ding. It was exactly the right amount. First, we'll give you a, because you got the time perfect, and then we'll give you a. 
Okay. And I think it was great. I think that community-owned atmosphere, the engagement with our community is exactly a reason to be hopeful. So thank you for sharing it with us. Um, I, I hope, hope this was a fun experience, experience for your first time on Public Power Underground. It is. I don't think I've ever done a podcast before. So this is a first in many, many. First time. That's great. Yeah. And I really want, I want to thank you guys for doing this because I had never heard of this, but this is such a great idea. And I heard that I did hear from Brenda that this came out of COVID, right? It's, yeah. uh, my, my power department, I'm a power manager, and we went remote work, and we needed a way to stay connected. And we wanted to stay connected to cool people like Humaira and Karen, right? And across the region, find ways to engage with each other, find ways to, to stay connected during a time where we're all so far apart. So that's where it yeah, came from. That's great. And Good I for you guys. It sounds like you're willing to come back. You could be on. I, be on anytime, again. anytime, anytime. Who is friend of the underground? Put her on the list. She's a friend of the underground. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. See ya. Yumaira, can you give us some more news while we find somebody else to sit down? Absolutely. Happy to do that. Um, in the wake of Hurricane Ida, um, which made landfall in Louisiana last weekend in August as a cat Category 4 hurricane, Public power utility crews were on the ground assisting as part of the industry's commitment to mutual aid. Again, as part of resilience, um, demonstrating resilience. The Department of Energy said that uh, the morning of August 31st, there were approximately 1.1 million outages due to Ida with Louisiana being the hardest hit with approximately 1 million outages. The industry's commitment to supporting each other continues to be on display with public power providing a large number of crews to assist utilities impacted. So keep up the good work, public power crews, and keep up the great work for assisting and providing mutual aid. It really truly is about resilience within public power. Uh, I see that we have another guest uh, about to come join us, Paul, and who is sitting down with us? I think it's maybe John Harlow. Could it be? <laughs> or it is. It is not John Harlow. It is Brad Janarski. <laughs> yeah, like that's Brad. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking with Brad Janarski from Homer Electric in Alaska. We've got Alaska coming into the Public Power Underground family. Welcome to Public Power Underground, Brad. Well, thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate it. You, you know nothing about public power underground. That is what we assume. I know nothing about uh, underground power. Is that what you call it? Public power underground. Public power underground. There you uh, go. Thanks. So uh, that's exactly the energy we're hoping for. We have Umira Falkenberg from Pacific County. She's our a power manager there, Department of One. And we've got Karen Heim uh, with PPC on. We're just engaging with members from across the utility spectrum who weren't able to come this year. And we're hoping to get your insights on what you heard at the conference. Karen, or Humaira, I keep, I keep messing that up, Humaira. I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, I'm going to hand it over to you to ask some questions. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Paul. And welcome. Welcome so much, Brad. We're so pleased to have you at uh, Public Power Underground. Um, and guess what? We're going to put you on a clock. For those of us who couldn't participate in person this year, um, what were your biggest takeaways from the speeches or really cogent questions you must have received being on the panel? Um, some Share some thoughts with us. Hey, thanks. It was, it's, uh, first off, it's great to be here. And uh, can you hear me okay through the mask? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm seeing Karen nod her head, yes. Yeah. So, uh, 
not to the pandemic. I, I think you'll hear everybody say that it's so wonderful to see people again. And uh, if I had to take a, uh, a takeaway, that would certainly be one of them. Uh, one that we were not expecting, but certainly uh, appreciate seeing everybody in person. As far as conference goes, uh, I think NWPPA uh, uh, lined up a wonderful, diverse group of speakers, both uh, guest speakers and actually members, uh, CEOs and managers from within the membership that came in to talk about their area of expertise. Probably a uh, small modular actors was extremely interesting, uh, a lot of interest in them. And, you know, also going back and uh, hearing the critical nature of the probably the efforts to remove dams down in the Northwest. Uh, something when you're from Alaska, you know, I think everybody here recognizes, and if they don't, Alaska's a long way from the Northwest, even though this is as close as you get to the United States uh, up there. It is, uh, it is quite a distance, and uh, some of the issues that come up, uh, we certainly keep track of, but uh, may not impact us as greatly as they do in the Northwest. Well, thanks for uh, sharing some of those highlights and your observations. Yeah, certainly dam removal is a pretty high on in the Pacific Northwest between Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana um, on our radars. And um, and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, there was uh, some information and knowledge shared about that. And now you uh, obviously have come to learn about it as well. So what, what was your takeaway? You mentioned small modular reactors were a big uh, topic today, especially. Can you give us some insight about what, uh, what you heard, what you learned about small modular reactors and the future of power supply? Well, sure, it was great. Uh, I, I will go back about 10 years ago up in Alaska. We were very excited. We have some of the largest tides in the world right adjacent to our system, and uh, which was very exciting. And we were envisioning tidal power a decade later being much more developed than it is today. So I heard about small modular reactors, and, and it's not new, uh, obviously, but looking at some of the uh, challenges with nuclear power, and I know they've been experiencing that in the Southeast United States, um, but seeing it on a smaller scale in the Northwest and then making progress was extremely exciting. The neat thing is zero greenhouse gas emissions, small packages, um, both physically and the output, uh, they can scale down to as small as, I think I heard 10 to 50 megawatts, which is incredible because small utilities, that's all you need. And uh, very exciting. And, and I really hope uh, it continues to evolve because it has applications throughout the Northwest, but frankly, in many parts of the world, and that includes Alaska where we have yeah, really limited options. I know one of the things we keep hearing about is more renewables. And I, we are all interested in uh, reducing our greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, however, a lot of the public in Alaska, here's a lot of the, reads a lot of the articles from the lower 48, for example, solar. Uh, why aren't we doing solar more proactively than we are? And because it's obviously very popular down here in the lower 48, and a lot of folks forget their geography. Uh, when you look at the latitude of Alaska compared to Arizona or even the Northwest, it's a whole different game. And uh, so um, I see a small modular reactors in the future someday of uh, another means in addition to hydro to reduce our dependence on fossil fuels. 
also understand, Brad, that uh, at Homer Electric, that uh, you guys are looking at uh, uh, plans to power up a series of Tesla Megapack uh, batteries. Is that true as well? That, that is true. In fact, um, we're in the process of starting up our testing some of them, I believe, as early as late this week. And uh, I guess we're almost to the end of the week, aren't we? And uh, yeah. we are expecting by the end of October, we should have um, all the mega packs online and tested and online and hopefully operating as anticipated. Wow. The, yeah, it's pretty exciting and it's going to be a very large system. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, you are a past uh, president of NWPPA's board, as I understand it. Did I get that right or did I mess it up? Uh, you got that exactly right, uh, Paul. Okay. So it seems like uh, and if for organi or chairing an organization like this, you got to really be invested in public power and community-owned resources. Can you give us your pitch for public power? For all those out there that are joining the industry and thinking about coming to public power, what's your pitch? Come join public power. You know, one, one of the biggest things that I've learned about public power, and I've actually uh, got into public power January 2nd in 89. So it kind of tells you that I'm past 40 years old by now, and I've been in public power ever since, working for both GNTs and two distribution co-ops and one G, uh, currently a GTND. And the biggest plus for plug up power is the membership has the opportunity to provide input into the direction of the organization. Uh, give me an investor-owned utility where you have that same ability uh, to influence the direction of the organization, and I'll show you a very unique entity. And yet with public power, very, very common, uh, where members, doesn't matter what size you are, always have the right to come into the boardroom, are always invited into the boardroom and provide uh, their insight and thoughts into the direction of the organization. And it is, um, I think that's why we work so well. I love it. And I love, I love the enthusiasm. I said, that's some applause for you coming through. Love it. Good job. Give me some barbecue sauce, hey, Karen. That was right on. That was for you. Give me a barbecue sauce for you. You hit that one on the target. Um, thank you very much for coming on Public Power Underground. I really hope you enjoyed it. And I hope we can count you as a friend of the underground now. Uh, you can. You can, Paul. I appreciate it. And, and uh, thanks for the questions. We'll be Thank you very you much. Jumaira, do we got some more news? <laughs> Absolutely. We do. We have more news. And the news is adequate progress was made with resource adequacy. Guess what? The Northwest Power Pool completed a 254-page detailed design document hosted by the Northwest Resource Adequacy Forum, who hired SPP to provide a program operator services and rebranded the Northwest Power Pool Resource Adequacy Program as the Western Resource Adequacy Program known as the RAP. Um, the RAP is seeking participants uh, to join its non-binding forward showing program, which is essentially phase 3A of its planned program development Interested parties and participants are asked to sign a participation document by September 30th. So you have less than three weeks almost 
to sign up. Uh, for more information, you can reach the RAP directly at their email address, rap at nwpp.org. I see that we have another guest lined up. Paul. We got Bear Prairie to sit down with us. I mean, we're talking about power supply and Bear shows up. What the, it's just, he knew what was coming. Uh, Bear, you, you know public power underground, right? I mean, you've at least heard of it. You know, we're, we're trying to reach out to people who couldn't be here in person for the variety of reasons and keep community connected. And Humira's got some questions for you. And I'm, I'm hoping you can give us some profound insights, but we're, we got eight minutes max, okay? And, and we know, I know, I, we've been in meetings together. I know that you can talk. So uh, Karen, can you give uh, Nate the Great whistling so that he knows when we need to cut him off? Can you give Nate the Great whistling? No, no. Okay, now you know what to expect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Paul, for setting me up with, uh, you know, you know, we only got eight minutes, so shut up. No, I mean, we got to set you up for success. I'm setting you up for success with this, okay? Right? Rules for engagement, setting up for success. Take it away, Yumaira. Hey, thanks a lot, Paul. Bear Prairie, welcome, welcome, welcome. What an absolute pleasure to have you on Public Power Underground after dark. It is such a joy to see you. Uh, we have missed you. Um, but, but but before I go any further, we are going to put you on a clock because as Paul said, we know how you talk. So we're putting you on a clock. Um, for those of us who actually couldn't participate physically in person, like myself, bummed about that. But what I want to know from you, Bear, is what were your biggest takeaways from the speeches, the panels, the discussions, the presentations? What did you take away from the NWPPA annual conference on resilience and reunion? Paul. Well, overall, I'm thinking it's fairly depressing. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, when you sit there and look at the options that are on the table for what we're going to do to manage, a, you know, really through a, a technology gap here, because we just got to find a way to thread the needle for the next, you know, eight years, 10 years before some technology matures. And you look at these statewide policies, and I'm, I'm just telling you, it's going to be a, a tough needle to thread, which on top of that, then, you know, it, it's, I don't know if this was by design or not by design or maybe it's just the way things work out, but then you got this 2028 contract with Bonneville also expiring in there, trying to make that fit into all of this evolution of the market so man it's just a, a lot to kind of wrap your head around that's all that pessimism thousand percent false give me a thousand percent false karen thousand percent false oh, oh hold on thousand percent false there you go sorry Paul. oh thousand percent false yeah oh. <laughs> oh, that, that, so your challenge you're outlining i think the, the challenges that were very well articulated at today's yeah. meetings what do you think are these mechanisms and what gives you hope in public power of being able to overcome them um, and work together? Do you have some hope, Bear? Of course, Bear, I, of course I, I, always, I always have hope. You know, it, it, it warms my heart when you're talking, you know, we get in, we start talking about the slice product, the load falling product, and all of a sudden I see, you know, coming through, they're talking about the RSO test. And I'm like, oh, it warms my heart that some of these items that we've talked about for a long time keep kind of circling up. So, We've talked about all of this. We really know what we need to do. And all we need is a little bit of clarity into the, you know, 
evolution of the markets, which I think is coming. So I, I really feel like the industry across all this, all the sectors and segments, even across the West, are getting focused in on where we need to go as a region. So, so I think that the collaboration that you're seeing across investor-owned utilities, municipalities, co-ops, PUDs, different demographics, we're all struggling with the same issues. So we're collaborating and we're talking and we're trying to see not so much. And you're seeing the dialogue change over the last couple of years where the issues and the, and the challenges that we face are so big that we need to tackle them together as an industry and not you know, subdivide each other by state or region or type of electric utility. And that's where we're gonna get the most success. And that's where I think we, we ha we're at a unique opportunity in place to be able to write our own future. So I'm really excited to be at this place in time to really set up the power system of the future where we're retiring certain resources, looking forward to what the future resources are going to be. Yeah, I really like the, the concept of, of, you know, we're public power, it's the Northwest Public Power Association, but reaching to other, other utilities, not just focusing on public power is also really important to break some of these barriers to the future power supply. It's a really in, uh, in, good insight. Thanks, Bear. Thanks for your insights, Bear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, just today you're sitting there at NWPPA and all the conversation discussion are around you know, the nuclear industry. You, you, you know, you, you go back five years, nobody is talking about next generation nuclear reactors. You're talking about true Gen 4 reactors, new scale reactors. And here you have public power leading the way in some of this cutting edge research and the things that we're working on, you know, it's like, Hey, guess what? You know, large utilities are the utilities. They're, you know, kind of in the backseat trying to get caught up trying to say, Hey, we can play in this space too. So everybody's got a seat at this table and I think public powers well positioned to really be at the front of these conversations. I agree. I really appreciate you taking being at a, being at the table with us um, and and having some fun too and engaging with those that couldn't be at the conference. So thanks for sitting down. Thanks for chatting with us. I appreciate it, Bear. Let's 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 do it again. You willing to come back on the underground talk about microgrids, fiber, uh, anything, anything, everything? Yeah, always excited. Yeah, always excited to spend time with friends and uh, you know support the public power community. It's it's been a great experience and always lots to talk about because there's always a lot going on within our communities and what we do. Okay, thank you, thank you, Umira. You want to take it to the next news and we can see what we got coming next. Absolutely, and Bear, you can expect emails from the public power underground. <laughs> thank you for being our honorary friend of the underground. So absolutely, look forward to hearing from us. Uh, yeah, we do have more news. Um, in last month's news, the House passed along party lines, a $3.5 trillion budget resolution to transform actually the electric uh, sector in the United States. And key elements of that budget plan include the clean electricity payment program. And this uh, payment program would use payments and penalties to encourage utilities to increase the share of electricity that they sell from carbon-free resources each year. 
If it works as hoped, the legislation would ensure that the power sector generates 80% of its electricity from sources like wind, solar, nuclear plants by 2030, by cutting more than a billion tons of annual greenhouse gas emissions. Separately, the Senate passed the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act on a bipartisan basis. Key provisions in the legislation was increased borrowing authority for Bonneville for an additional $10 billion. And the key person behind that, Senator Cantwell. She drafted language and subsequently puppy guarded the provisions, which included PPC constructed language that delays the access to $4 billion of the new borrowing authority until 2028. Why hold up the $4 billion access in capital? Well, it's actually a carrot and stick approach. Conditioned on Bonneville receiving this additional funding, the agency must update its financial plan and engage with customers on how best to spend the money. So the key takeaway, the legislation from Washington Senator Maria Cantwell adds $10 million to Bonneville's federal debt ceiling of which currently 7.7 it is right now. And Bonneville has reached that limit and combined with other borrowing authority would have $14.5 billion in total debt. Of that, the 10 million, 10 billion, excuse me, and 1 billion is for removal, restoration, or replacement of culverts that can impede fish passage. And $6 billion million for fish passage will be used for restoration. Now that's quite a bit of money. So I am going to hand it off to Paul. Um, so that's the news for uh, Bonneville's Borrowing Authority, Paul. How Thank much did you get that before I you checked out? Great news. I drew a robot. That's cool, bud. I got a lot of it. I think that's great news. I want to thank, uh, I'm just going to give credit to Mike Dean. Mike Dean did all of this. You know, he, he did the analysis that showed the borrowing authority. I, I don't know. Who else should I be giving credit to, Karen? At no, PPC, Mike our dear friends at PPC. It was heavy lifting on his part. I love it. Well, that's that's all the updates we have at this annual conference this year. Anything else we should insert? If you have any questions, opinions, or corrections, you can send them to me on Twitter or Twitter at a power manager. Or if you're a friend of the underground and all the new friends of the underground, uh, you can send any of us a note. Uh, if you enjoy the broadcast, send Scott Corwin a note so that maybe we can get an invite back next year. Uh, this has been fun. It's been great. Oh, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm looking forward to the reviews. I'm going to turn this into a podcast. I'm going to edit it to tonight, probably tonight. Uh, all my kids uh, want to say hi to Tobe, Cece, and Kel. Uh, and Ashley, hi. Uh, they've been watching at home. They're probably actually getting close to bedtime. So uh, I love you. Good night. Uh, and I will see you tomorrow. But I'll probably have a podcast up for the rest of y'all uh, sometime tomorrow. So this kicked off the start of the third season of Public Power Underground. You can expect a 10-episode arc ending in, in mid-December. To make sure you're tapped into Northwest Public Power's geeky subculture, you should subscribe on all our platforms. You can find us on YouTube, Substack, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify by searching for Public Power Underground. Smash those subscribe buttons. And if you have access to an Apple device, hit that fifth star and write a quick note. Doesn't have to be round, just some words of encouragement. Can you uh, give me a drinkser on me, Karen? <laughs> give you a drinkser on me. Yes, sorry. I will get to that. Here we go. Drinkser on me! <laughs> <laughs>
That's all for tonight. Thanks for tuning in. We started in hard times to bring us all in. Into the all right, disclaimer is a public power underground live. Public power uh, about public power and, and public power. All right. And public power adjacent adjacent news from a public power from power part department perspective. It's written, edited, and produced by the power department and friends of the underground. The views expressed here are our own and not the official views of Clatsonai, Pacific, PPC, nor the organizations of any of our guests today uh, on Public Power Underground Live. No host, co-host, guests, or guests appearing on Public Power Underground Live generate ad revenue from the episodes. Make me, Humira, Scott Corwin, and all of our guests today feel good by sending us an email, a text, a call to let us know if you enjoyed uh, enjoyed our presentation today. Uh, and then... Uh, do it for us, do it for them, do it to make other people feel valued and appreciated. We would love to hear it. Um, public Power Underground, for electric utility enthusiasts, Public Power Underground, it's work to watch. We started in hard times to bring us all in Into the laughter through thick and through thin For public power enthusiasts without and within Roll on, enthusiasts, roll on. Roll on, enthusiasts, roll on. Roll on, enthusiasts, roll on. We're likely recruiting you to come and join on. Roll on, enthusiasts, roll on. We bring in some people way smarter than us. Those in the industry with knowledge to trust We know we aren't perfect, sometimes it's a bust But we'll roll on, enthusiasts, roll on Roll on, enthusiasts, roll on Roll on, enthusiasts, roll on Your power's the subject of public power news Roll on, enthusiasts, roll on Douglas firs where the waters cut through Down her wild mountains and canyons she flew Canadian northwest to the ocean so blue Roll on Columbia, roll on Roll on Columbia, roll on Roll on Columbia, roll on Your power is turning our darkness to dawn so roll on, Columbia, roll on. Other great rivers add water to you. Yakima, Snake, and the Clickitattoo. The Sandy, the Willamette, and Hood River, too. So roll on, Columbia, roll on. Roll on, Columbia, roll on. Roll on, Columbia, roll on. Your power. Roll on, Columbia, 